SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. From Las Vegas, it's Cover It with Teddy Covers. Anatomy of a Meltdown. The Philadelphia 76ers blew a 24-point lead with two minutes left in the third quarter in their home loss to Atlanta on Wednesday night. I'm going to talk about that loss, how it affected me personally. I'm going to talk all about my Wednesday night instead of going to the Golden Knights playoff game. I decided to stay home and watch that. Talk about that in just a minute. I do want to let you know what's going on today. Welcome to Cover It with Teddy Covers here on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports Grid, a radio network. Over the course of the next two hours, I'm going to break down sports and sports betting for you from a Las Vegas perspective, being that I live in Vegas and have lived in Vegas for the last 23 years. That's the perspective I'm going to give. Uh, two guests on today's show. Hour number one. I'm really looking forward to this. Ken Kenny White from uh, Kenny White Sports is going to join us, and we are going to get into college football. Kenny's personal college football guide just came out. I think it's going to the presses today or yesterday or tomorrow. He'll tell us when he comes on. But he's put his college football workbook to bed, and now we're going to have him on air to tell us everything that he spent the last three months (laughs) working on and studying. We'll get a crib sheet on college football uh, from Kenny White, but we're going to break down all the major conferences talk about some week one lines. It should be a good, in-depth discussion with a legitimate college football expert. The guy that writes the guidebook is a worthy guest on this show. Hour number two, I'm going to bring in Steve Merrill uh, from wagertalk.com. And Steve's a guy, another guy who I've been in the industry since I've been here. You know, I met Kenny White one of my, early on in my tenure in Vegas. Steve Merrill's been the same way. He started in the industry around the same time I did, late 90s. Uh, I believe. And Steve, been pretty darn good this baseball season. We're going to break down uh, MLB with Steve Merrill. We'll touch on the NBA playoffs. So just talk about uh, Game 7 uh, between the Nets and the Bucks uh, for tonight. I thought it was important to at least have some NBA discussion. And there's one huge game this evening we can talk about. But before we get into Kenny, before we get into Steve Merrill, before we get into college football and MLB discussion, we got to talk about what happened earlier in the week. And I'm going to tell it from a personal story perspective. All right. So on Wednesday, I had a friend. He's been on the show before. I'm not going to say who it is, but I have a friend who could not do as the Golden Knights season tickets and could not go to the game. And for whatever reason, he couldn't sell them. He's like, look, you want them? Uh, you know, he had a pair of tickets. He's like, bring your son. You'll have a great time. Game two, Knights versus the Habs, the Canadians. And I'm sitting there going, this has been a brutal week in Vegas, all right? It's been 115 all week, you know? I mean, it's not fun being outside. And, of course, you know, you got to leave and go through rush hour traffic and then wait by, you know, get get into to the arena, whatever. And I'm sitting there going, my night's already planned. You know, I'm going to watch NBA basketball <laughs> uh, tonight. Uh, so I got 
playoff tickets, it's hard to turn them down. They're like, all right, maybe the wife will want to take, you know, my boy wanted to go. Maybe the wife will want to take it. The wife's like, yeah, I'd love to go. Awesome. Cool. So I get them out of the house. I blow off a playoff game, going to the game. And admittedly, I'm not, you know, hockey's not my thing the same way. I've been to Caps games. I've been to Ranger games. I've been to Bruin games. I've been to Red Wings games. I saw Michigan play Michigan State uh, at the historic Joe Louis Arena. Hockey just doesn't do it for me. Not live, not on TV. It's just not my sport. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm not going to go. It's a playoff game. I don't care. I'll send the wife, the missus. She's like, oh, my God, yeah, I'm so excited. So I send the wife and the son out to the playoff game. And they sit down. I got a big bet on Philadelphia. And the 76ers are killing that team, as expected. Everything plays out. And I was debating pre-tip-off. Well, I'm going to a big bet. How do I want to do this? Do I want first half? I kind of like the first half. No. I think Philly, after they blew the 18-point lead in game four, after halftime, this time is going to be a little bit different <laughs> for Philadelphia. So, did I hedge at the break? I did not. I played the full game. Philly's up 24, and then Atlanta goes on that little run at the end of the third. Cuts the 24-point lead to 18. And all of a sudden, you kind of hear it in the crowd. There's a little bit of concern. And if you're from Philadelphia, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's not like the city of Philadelphia hasn't had more than their fair share of really ugly, excruciating playoff losses. And I know the city of Atlanta has, too, when it comes to the Falcons, certainly in particular. But that's the only one. Philly's got a bunch. <laughs> When that lead got cut to 18, I'm like, I better take a little, just a little taste of the Hawks in the money line. I'm like, I know I'm laying six here. Doesn't matter. Uh, just in case. And then proceeded to watch the 76ers under Doc Rivers, who blew a 3-1 series lead last year. Completely melt down on both ends of the court. Atlanta scored on 21 of 25 possessions during this run when they outscored Philly uh, by 30 to close out the game. 21 to 25 possessions. The Sixers are a team that's built on defense. And yeah, you know, you had this Collins banking in a three, but a lot of them were good looks. 76ers defense breaking down. Same piece of the equation offensively for Philadelphia. Hey, this team's loaded with scorers. Tobias Harris disappears. Ben Simmons disappears. That was an ugly one. I should have gone to the hockey game. I learned my lesson. No joy. Well, I don't know if I learned my lesson because uh, next time I'd probably do the same thing. All that being said, that was a brutal loss for the Sixers as a better. If you caught a little bit of my line, maybe you made some money, but not if you had Philly. Cover it returns. Just a moment. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Cover It with Teddy Covers here on SiriusXM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. And I'm really excited. I love 
when I get the chance to talk to Kenny White. Uh, Kenny White is someone who used to be the head odds maker here in Vegas. Then he went on the other side of the counter, uh, looked to beat the books as opposed to providing them uh, with good numbers. And the one thing Kenny White does as well as anybody I've ever met, and again, I've been in Vegas 23 years, right? I don't blow smoke up anybody's butt. <laughs> but the one thing Kenny White does as well as anyone I've ever met, college football power ratings. He goes through every single player for every single team for a hundred and what is it, 130? I don't even know how many there are now. I think it's 130. Uh, 124. Kenny will tell me in just a second. Every team, <laughs> Kenny goes through and goes through player by player, coach by coach, comes up with some pretty extraordinary powering numbers. Kenny just finished that process, and the magazine's not even on the newsstands yet. I'm bringing him on today. Kenny's going to give us a preview. Kenny White. Thanks, Teddy. K Whitey Sports on Twitter. Welcome to the program. I appreciate it. Yeah, there'll be a lot of Twitter action this year, uh, Teddy, on that uh, Twitter handle. But, you know, all the actions on the website at KennyWhiteSports.com. Yeah, there's 256 teams of college football, Teddy. Come on, get it right. There's the FCS. Don't forget about those guys. No, no, no. How many D1 teams are there? FBS. <laughs> is it, is yeah, it? there's 130. There's 130. You, you hit it right on the head. You had the number right. But, yeah, that's that's how many are in the magazine. But also, um, I do get power rings on the FCS teams. And I'm actually I'm working on my NFL magazine right now, uh, which I should be done in three weeks, and that'll be on the newsstands the end of July. Uh, but after I finish that, then it's then it's on to the FCS teams, and I'll handicap them individually, player by player, because there'll be a lot of opportunities in the first three weeks of the season. Then after that, a lot of books now do carry um, FCS games, even though uh, they're not on the main betting board. So a lot of good opportunities there. Sure, and of course you can visit KennyWhiteSports.com. You can get that college football party guide. What twelve ninety nine? I'm sure my audience is live to buy this, Kenny. But let's give them a good tease today uh, as to uh, what they're going to find in that college football party guide. And I want to start with kind of a broad question, and then we'll get into specific teams and top ten and Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State and all of that. But in general, as a you know, just as a basic starting point. This season's going to be fairly unique in college football. Last year was a shortened season. We're going to have more returning starters across college football because of the eligibility changes than we've ever had before. What does that mean for better? And how is this year going to be different than your quote-unquote normal college football season? Well, for, for fans, this will be the best college football in the history of the game. Uh, with over 600 six-year seniors on the field, uh, it's going to be ridiculous. The level of play is going to be so much higher than we've ever seen before. And this is the perfect year for a 12-team playoff. I put in my magazine a 16-team playoff, and I, I penciled it out as a uh, uh, the favorites winning each game. But then I also had fun on the next page with, hey, let's have some upsets. And um, I did it with upsets. I didn't do it with – I didn't push in, you know, like a conference championship from the – the Mountain West and the Sun Belt and things like that, which I probably should have done. I just used the best 16 teams in the country to be in this playoff. But that being said, 12-team playoff, I don't know why they're taking two years to get it done. We found last year in COVID we could, we could get a vaccine done in six months, um, for God's sakes. Let, let's, let's get a 12-team playoff this year because this is the season that we could have some major upsets in that playoff and have an amazing championship game that maybe Alabama and Clemson aren't in 
they are the two best teams in the country once again, and they will be. They will continue to be the two best teams in the country for the next five, six years, as long as their head coaches are in place. Sure. I mean, from a recruiting standpoint right now, it's Alabama. I mean, Ohio State probably deserves to be in the mix. You know, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and everybody else. Uh, although maybe I agree. Coming to, yeah. But when it comes to what, what it sounds to me, I'm just reading between the lines of what you're saying. And it sounds to me like you think that the gap between Alabama and Clemson and the rest and, and other top-tier teams is less this year than it's been in recent seasons. So you're saying, hey, there's, there's room for 12, there's room for 16, and some of those 16 teams are capable of pulling off upsets. What it sounds to me like you're saying is, in terms of the quality depth at the top of the college football rankings is pretty good this year. And the 10th-rated team in the country or the 12th-rated team in the country or the 14th-rated team in the country may end up being a really good bet and covering a bunch of point spreads. Yeah, there. I think there's going to be a lot of upsets this year. I think you're going to be uh, – underdog players are going to be extremely happy with 2021. Uh, as I mentioned, with over 600 six-year seniors, you know, my, my average I, – I, I've really done a good job of this over the years of trying to make my average team a, a 100 power rating. So – People who use the magazine can understand, you know, you're using the eyeball test. If you don't do all the information on every team and you watch your team play and they play a great game, you really don't know how great it was because if the opponent was 20 points below average, they were supposed to play that game. Now, if the team was above average and they played a great game, you know your team really did. So it gives you a great, you know, starting point in the game when your team's playing somebody, whether you know that team's above average, below average, or just an average football team. But that being said, Teddy, this year, and now players get bigger, faster, and stronger because that's how I rate all my players, by talent, but size, speed, and experience. Um, the average team this year in college football is a 105, five points better across the board. So that's why I'm saying there are so many good college football teams this year, and there are going to be so many upsets. If I would make a line right now, Clemson, the number one team in the country, against Liberty, who have number 29, the point spread in that game right now would be uh, 21. Only 21. A three touchdown. Yeah. I've seen three <laughs> touchdown favorites go down before in upsets. Now, that's the beginning of the year. I think Liberty and everyone else will close that gap after they get to play 12 games this year. Clemson will get better, but those other teams get far better. I think they could close the gap five, six points. And if Clemson played Liberty in the in the in a in a first play-in game in the you know top 16 tournament, the line would only be Clemson like 13 and a half or 14. Wow, uh, it's so funny. I have a hundred questions I want to ask you, and yet I can't get to any of them because I want to respond to what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> that, 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 and, and I will because it's a really, really an interesting discussion. But I want to. So you're saying that there's going to be a that like the depth in college football is great this year, and that's like there's you know when the number 29 team is capable of beating a top five team, that tells us something. But on the other end of the equation, one of the things I always look for in college football is my bet against, my fade onlys. Uh, you know, the teams that have nothing going for them and aren't going to have anything going for them. If there's a ton of really good teams, fading the bottom feeders might be a really profitable strategy this year. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I can agree with that. I really haven't looked into that angle, but common sense tells me, yeah, some of these teams at the bottom that have not been able to make improvements in their program, it doesn't matter if they have fifth-year seniors. And some of those schools that were so bad, Teddy, are the six-year seniors. They didn't allow those six-year seniors to come back. Like, I, this is, all, <laughs> you know, every, every year Air Force, Army, Navy, 
they do they they win games without the same type of talent as everybody else has. They both of, all three of those programs have probably a handful of guys selected in the NFL over the last five years. They don't have NFL talent, but they play together, they work together, they got great team chemistry, but they have no six year seniors. So if everybody across the board is up five points and teams that didn't bring those players in, Army, Navy, Air Force are down five points from everybody else. They're not down, but there'll be five points behind the eight ball, I think, to those teams this year. So I'm kind of looking at maybe fading Army, Air Force, and Navy this year. That's a really interesting point. And, of course, all three of those schools, they tend to get, I would say, more than their fair share of wise guy support. You know, they're not sexy public teams that the uh, Joe Recreational better wants to play. But there are certainly no shortage both here in Vegas and back east. Everybody knows, you know. Uh, I mean, and, and at times... Army and Navy have been monster points bread teams and uh, our Air Force and Navy. And uh, obviously Army has shown some of that in recent seasons. Look, we're just getting started with Kenny White. I'm going to ask him about surprises in the top 10. I'm going to ask him about Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, LSU, Georgia, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, A&M, and so much more. Stay tuned. Coverage continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. the middle of June, but college football is, number, we have week one point spreads out already, okay? There's college football lines, not everywhere, but most places right now, and the best bettors that I know, if they haven't done their college football work already, they're working on it right now as we speak. This isn't something that you wait until August to begin. I'm lucky enough to have Kenny White uh, joining me today, extended time at uh, KYD Vegas on Twitter. You can visit him at Kenny White Sports online. And Kenny, you wrote the college football power rating guide for 2021. It's hot off the presses. I'm going to ask you this. Start out. Any surprises in your top 10? Yeah, there's a couple this year, Teddy, I think are going to be uh, surprises. Now, uh, the one thing that I, uh, when I rate my teams out, uh, my, I, the, the, my power ratings is how I, uh, how I rank them. Uh, but a team that I'm going to give you right now um, may not end up in the top 10 in other people's polls or at the end of the season because of the schedule they play, and that's North Carolina State. Uh, I love this team. Dave Dorian's in his uh, uh, almost ninth year now at the program, but uh, he has his best defense he's ever had. Uh, Devin Leary, his quarterback's outstanding, but he's got a lot of great skill players and a great offensive line. Um, again, let's, there, there's so many different things we could talk about and go to every angle. Let's talk about experience and how we rate experience out. You know, most people do, they say, returning starters, and they say, well, if you started seven games last year, you're a returning starter. So when you go to some people's magazines, uh, if you started seven games, you're a returning starter. If you started six, you weren't. Um, but there's so many ways to do it. I've heard people say you can only have 11 returning starters. 
I don't think that's true. Let's say if you played a season and your best five players all got injured the first game of the year and had to redshirt, and then you all returned all 11 starters from that year, and you get those five guys back, I'd say you have 16 returning starters. Yeah. Now, this year's, this year's a little different because if you played at Miami of Ohio and you only played three games, are you a returning starter or not? Because you didn't play seven games. And if you started two games, are you a returning starter? But I don't do it that way. So I've got the luxury of this, Teddy, that I give every player an experience rating for how much they played that season. It's not starts. It's snaps on the field and how much they participate. I've found players before that have had one or two starts in 14 games, but have played over 500 snaps on the field. You, and, and everyone in the world will say he's not a starter. He only started twice. He played 500 snaps. He's a starting player. So let me tell you this. North Carolina State has 14 returning starters on offense, and they have 14 returning starters on defense. That's how good North Carolina State is. <laughs> That's a lot of returning talent. <laughs> From a team who went 8-4 and four last year and was 8-4 and four ATS. So th- this is a team that plays solid football. They lost to Miami of Florida by three points. We know how good Miami was. They lost 44-41. Uh, they do play Clemson this year. Uh, they were at North Carolina. They lost to North Carolina last year. They got crushed. Uh, they play in a very tough schedule again this year, but I have them winning nine games or 8.8 games in the magazine. 8.8 wins for North Carolina State. That's not enough to get you in the top 20, but North Carolina State's a top 10 football team. They're that good. And that's, I mean, again, I haven't even heard anybody talk about NC State. You just put them on my radar, not to mention Liberty. Well, Liberty was already on my radar. Now let's talk about, I mean, when we talk to a mainstream audience, the first question everyone asks is Alabama. You know, so I'm going to ask you one Alabama question. How much better is Alabama than everybody else? Because they sure were a whole lot better than everybody else uh, last year. Again. Um, well, first of all, I have them ranked number two in the country. I have Clemson number one, a 134 rating, which means Clemson's 34 points better than the average football team. And when I go on my scale of 100, and this year it's, you know, 105 is the average rating, so they're really 29 points better than my average average team, but I like to keep it simple and stay at 100. Uh, Alabama's a 133.5, a half, a half a point behind Clemson. Obviously, a lot can change from now until kickoff, and I'll update on the, update that stuff on my website with you know players coming in or players getting injured, but uh, Clemson, I think, has uh, uh, done such an amazing job recruiting. They're right there on the same level as Alabama now in terms of talent, and Alabama did lose so many players to the draft this year. Yeah, they do reload. But I think their trouble is a little more maybe at quarterback this year than Clemson's is because Clemson has uh, uh, I can't pronounce the kid's name Ugalaya no. uh, Ugalay <laughs> he's he's coming back with experience and he's played Bryce Young is a five star athlete that comes in for Alabama um, that threw 22 passes last year uh, for 156 yards against second string defense it was only seven yards a pass his numbers weren't great he had no running numbers whatsoever to speak of and I know he's got good speed and scrambles. But he's a small guy, six foot one ninety four. Um, is he going to be able to come in and be that guy? I gave him a really good rating of what I felt uh, to get this team where he, where they are right now. But I have a feeling if he doesn't play up to that rating, Alabama will drop, and I think Alabama could drop to number four. That's as far as they could drop. They won't drop any further than that. But uh, uh, Oklahoma is in my top three, and I think Oklahoma is as good as Clemson and Alabama. 
uh, this year. So I'll put Oklahoma on your radar, and nobody in the world has, has Oklahoma in their top three, seven points better than my next team, which is North Carolina at 125. And I think that's the best four teams in the country, Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, and North Carolina, the Tar Heels. So Ohio State's the team that wasn't in that mix. Now, obviously, Alabama loses Mac Jones. Clemson loses Trevor Lawrence. Ohio State loses Justin Fields. Is the drop-off for the Buckeyes at the QB position greater than what we expect to see at Alabama and Clemson, and that's why Ohio State isn't in your top four? Or are there other issues we need to be aware of for Ohio State? And again, issues may not be the right point here. They're talking about a Buckeyes team that's the clear favorites to win uh, the Big Ten. Uh, But uh, I guess issues from a uh, national championship caliber perspective. and Talk to me I won't take I won't take Ohio State out of the national championship picture because I have them rated seventh best team in the country, Teddy, at a 120 rating. It is one of the lowest ratings I've had on them for probably five or six years. I'm going to guess, yeah, it is it is a drop off. C.J. Stroud will be the starting quarterback. Um, I've got him rated a four and a half star kid. He's got a, a strong arm. He's accurate. Uh, he was an elite 11 kid. Um, He's right there, but he's another guy I had to make that adjustment on. I'm looking at their their ratings, and I, I think it's maybe uh, you know they're they're just a tad. I think they're a tad down offensively, and, and a tad down defensively. You know, it's that's they're missing a point or two on offense, a point or two on defense, and, uh, but they're well coached, and it's a team that could could improve during the season to get to a point where you know they're within a touchdown of uh, Clemson, Alabama, and Oklahoma. Well, if Ohio State is a point or two weaker offensively and a point or two weaker defensively, that's probably good news for Jim Harbaugh's job security at Michigan. Let's talk about the next contingent uh, of teams in the mix. The LSUs, the Georgias, the Notre Dames, the A&Ms. Um, are there any bet-ons or bet-against from that group? Teams that, you know, maybe not top five teams for you, but certainly teams that are in the mix. From a point-spread standpoint, uh, I'm sure you've seen some of the games of the years coming out. You've seen some of the week one numbers. Are you seeing any value on or against the LSUs, Georgias, Notre Dames, A&Ms, and whoever else you want to put in that next to the elite, the, the super elite category? Yeah, you know, as I said, you know, college football, five points. Uh, every team's about five points better across the board this year because of so much returning talent that uh, I have not really seen value on those schools. I have Georgia rated the eighth best team in the country. Right there with Notre Dame. Um, Texas is a really good football team. Uh, LSU, um, number 13 in the country. That might, might be a little bit of a fade team, and they had a really off year last year. Uh, but, you know, they got so much out of Joe Burrow, and I, I don't know if they get that this year. You know, out of Miles Brennan, um, I, have, I don't have him as a starter because I, I only have him as six games started. And in my experience, we need seven. But after one game, he's now a starter. But they only have nine starters on offense, 13 on defense. I say that only because there are teams with a lot more than that. Georgia has eight returning starters on offense and 11 on defense. And again, historically, my starters are higher than anyone else's because I go by experience and I don't, I, you know, I could care less about if you started the game. I care about how much you actually play on the field in those games and I give you a start. If you played 50 snaps in a football game, I'm giving you a, a start. You, you've started because there's only 70 some plays in a game. So there's so many players out there like that. So if let's say Teddy, a guy plays uh, 25 snaps in every single game during the season, and they play 14 games. That's just 25 snaps. 
that's still enough to give you seven starts. You're a full-time starter. A guy that plays that much on the field every game um, is a guy that has enough experience for me to say he's a returning starter. So, I mean, we could go say how many guys have double starting experience or triple starting experience because I have players in my magazine that have over 50 starts this year for the first time ever. Wow. 50 starts in college football. That means they've been on the field almost 3,000 snaps. Sure, and it doesn't take that. <laughs> you know, to, to get, I love the fact that you do it differently because there's so much stuff that you see that, oh, well, this is just the way it's done. This is the way we do it. And with returning starters, there's legitimately room for interpretation there. Returning starters, you can kind of take out this, the word starter, <laughs> in my mind, say returning experience. And clearly, returning experience. If you got 25 snaps a game, even if you didn't start a game, you're better off than someone that hasn't gotten off the bench yet in their collegiate career. Although, there's one caveat to that, and that's the truly elite teams, the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the Ohio States, etc., etc., the returning starter angle doesn't seem to factor as much for those squads because the talent they have ready to come in is oftentimes every bit as good as the talent that just departed. It's just not quite as developed yet. Because the guys that departed are often moving on to the NFL. Hey, here's, now, now, here's what I well, do with that, Teddy. Because uh, yeah. whatever you got, it's going to have to wait till after the break, okay. my friend. When I we come back, to. we've got a deep dive, Big Ten, Pac-12, Big 12, and so much more. Stay tuned. Covering continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. work. I rudely interrupted Kenny White right before the break because we had to go to break. (laughs) What are you going to do? But we're not done with our college football discussion yet. And Kenny, we were talking right before the break about the elite teams that lose everybody and they're still just as elite the next year. The Alabamas, the Clemsons, the Ohio States of the world. You had something you wanted to say. Tell me what it was. Yeah, you know, Teddy, I don't like to give a lot of the secret sauce away, but it's amazing because I gave a lot of my secret sauce away 25 years ago at Stardust seminars, and no one's ever copied, you know, what I've done in, nope. in the, uh, the the college football power rating system. Uh, but the one thing that I do, little secret sauce on experience, and, and this is big, and you mentioned it, about the big-time schools, the Alabamas, LSUs, Ohio State's, Clemson's, their freshmen who now become sophomores step in and they didn't play a lot the first year, but they come in, it seems like they were a starter from the year before. Well, my player rating system, everybody comes in with zero experience. But I've got to make a determination on what type of player in high school that they went to, because obviously, if you played at modern day high school, or Bishop Gorman High School in football in high school, or if you played at Podunk, that guy at Podunk does not have the same type of experience going into college as modern day and Bishop Gorman. So... The stars, and I rate all of my high school kids out. I rate every high school kid out. I give each one a grade. They're in the magazine. When you go to the magazine to see the recruiting, 
each player has a rating. I've hand-rated every player. Those players get experience points. So if you're from, I, I hate to pick on Podunk because it is a nice city, So, but if you're from Smith & Jones, Kansas, and you're in a small-town 1A high school, you've got zero experience points coming in to college football, even though it's, it, it's the same as a five-star has zero experience points in college. But I do give those guys points. I'll give a, my, one of my four-stars like two points and then three points to a five-star. You get 10 as your top level. When you get 10 points, experience points, you're a full-time starter. So a five-star going into Alabama, he's got three experience points to start out with. And now he, now he has his freshman year. He may redshirt only playing four games. He gets 100 snaps on the field. That was good enough for another couple points. He's now got five experience points out of ten compared to the other kid who came in with zero and did not play his first year. He's only getting one point for that year of experience. You know, it's all the experiencing from A to Z, going to college, going to classes, going to the weight room, going to the going to the uh, study room and stuff like that. You're still getting experience doing that. The most experience you could get though is on the field, and that's where I give the most credit. But I do give that kid one point, so it'd be a one point on my experience chart coming into the season that five-star Alabama he's now got five points he really leapfrogged that kid because he's and that's how I handle my experience because I learned that 30 years ago when Oklahoma had a number one draft pick that corner best corner in the country I can't remember his name was drafted in the first round the kid that came in the next year was even better but that's because he was a five-star player so that's what happens to college football and when you're talking about going through all of these high school kids, player by player, and grading them out, Kenny, I know it's been 110, 115 in Vegas all week. It has not been nice to be outside. I'm glad you found something to do. Like is it been that hot? Is that, is that hot out there? Oh, it's uh, exactly. I mean, that's what that, June <laughs> is for sitting in the air conditioning, or sometimes we're sitting by the pool doing college football work. Uh, this year's air conditioning. And so you talked about the seminars at the startup. And I think that was the first time I ever saw you. I don't even know if I met you that day. But uh, it's 98 at the Stardust. I was in town for a week. It was the first conference I ever went to. And I know that you were on stage. And I took copious notes and then never did anything with them. Which speaks volumes. That's why I never, and I don't ever fear about giving away the secret sauce on air. Because nobody ever does it. <laughs> no, nobody hey, hey, like, this is exactly how we do this, you know, and then, then, then yeah. it's not like it doesn't uh, it doesn't take. Um, enough with the theory. I want some specifics right here. We got some confidence to break down. Let's talk Big Ten. All right. After Ohio State, the Michigans, Wisconsin's, Penn State's, Michigan State's, Nebraska's, they've all been mediocre in recent years. Are they mediocre again this year? Are there any sleepers against the spread we can look for in the Big Ten this year? Minnesota made good money for me a couple years ago. Are they possibly that team? Illinois? Talk to me about the depth in the Big Ten. Yeah, I, I think this might be a little bit of a down year in the Big Ten, looking at my numbers and, the, and projections on wins. Ohio State is my top win team with nine wins and three losses this year. Wow. Uh, again, I haven't rated seventh best team in the country, but the schedule they play, all these teams are good. Maybe maybe their wins are down because they will beat up on each other. Um, I have Penn State uh, rated very well. I have Penn State number 17 in the country, um, but I have them at 8.6 wins. I have Wisconsin with 8.2 wins. Uh, they're number 23. Um, Indiana is the 28th best team in the country, but I only have Indiana at 7.2 wins this year because maybe that's, uh, the, you know, the teams from 30 to 60 are all uh, Big Ten football teams. 
Um, Wisconsin, I have winning the West at 8.2 wins, and then Minnesota, number two at 7.6. Nebraska, third at 6.8 wins, um, breaking it down that way. So, uh, again, the worst team in the Big Big Ten will be uh, Maryland at uh, 3.8 wins, and then Rutgers at 4.4, Northwestern at 4.7. And I'll give you that, Teddy, I'll think about Northwestern. I've seen the higher academic programs. We'll say uh, uh, Vanderbilt, Northwestern, Duke, Stanford. Uh, there's several others, obviously, that are that high standard, like an Ivy League type of education. Um, those return the least amount of six-year seniors. Uh, those guys, they just don't bring them back. Uh, uh, they're, they're, they'll be uh, well-stocked with younger players. So those teams will not have um, the success other teams are going to have this year. The teams have said yes. We want every one of you six-year seniors back. You're, we want you all back in the mix, and you're all going to play. So uh, the, the higher academic schools, I've seen that, uh, will not have those six-year seniors. So that's a, I mean, so you talked about fading some of the military academies and fading the Duke, Stanford, Northwesterns of the world is something that also is a nice little angle, uh, uh, talking about how there aren't as many starters coming back for a sixth season. It makes sense. When you're at, a, at those type of academic institutions, if football is not going to be your career, like for most college kids, it won't. And certainly not, you know, most kids that go to Northwestern or Stanford, football is not going to be uh, their career. Uh, it makes sense that they wouldn't offer those scholarships to those kids and or that those kids wouldn't take them when offered. They're, they're off to bigger and better things. Well, let's talk about the Big 12. All right. You talked about Texas as being a potentially uh, a hot team. You talk about Oklahoma as a top three team in your power ratings. Anyone else from the Big 12? Any win the conference sleepers that we can talk about or any team that we want to fade right from the get-go that everyone else looks good, but boy, this team's had some trouble. Uh, give me some early Big 12 thoughts. Well, you know, I have to bring up Oklahoma. You know, that this is a, a great football team, and you, you mentioned it, but I, I just can't talk enough about I think how well coached they are, um, but their their quarterback um, Rat, uh, Rattler Spencer Rattler yeah. will be um, he could be the first player chosen in the NFL draft. Uh, he's a redshirt sophomore. He's just that good. And for a guy that's six one two ten, you know, very hard to say that. Sam Howell from North Carolina is another guy that I think could be maybe the first round pick. But those two will be there. But Spencer Rattler in the offense that he's in. He's going to put up Heisman Trophy type numbers, so that's you know that's the one thing I have to you know talk about first. Um, of the of the uh, remaining teams in the conference, uh, I need to just pull up the that stands out, quick. Kenny. You know, you know, I mean, you yeah, don't go through team by team. I'm just looking for anyone that stands out as a potential bet on or potential bet against going into the season. Yeah, so of of the Big Twelve teams, I would say go against uh, Kansas is by far the worst team in the conference. I think Baylor uh, maybe has a little bit of a down year this year. Um, West Virginia uh, could be under 500 by the end of the season, which is very unusual for them. Uh, Iowa State's very good, uh, but again, only have them winning 7.7 games. Texas is the second best team in the conference. Um, they're going to they're have uh, uh, solid players on both sides of the football. I think they're going to be a very good football team, but it's, it's Oklahoma for me, far and away the best team in the conference. I, I, again, I think they have a great chance of winning a national championship this year. Uh, Texas with uh, Steve Sarkeesian, um, I, I think that uh, the cupboard is full, and he's he's being set up for a tremendous opening act there in Austin. Yeah, yeah, he uh, has a chance to do something big with Tom Herman's team. Uh, just a few minutes left here 
uh, with Kenny White. Kenny, I want to make sure that you have ample time to promote your magazine and your website before I let you go. So why don't you do that right here, and then we got to talk a little ACC and Pac-12. Yeah, no, thanks, Danny. Uh, this year will be a big transformation. Now, the project was supposed to be done by now, but obviously everything takes longer. Uh, this is the honest truth. There's about a half a million dollars being put into to the Kenny White Sports this year. Website design, uh, 25 personalities on the website, uh, videos every day, video, daily video content, and stats that you've never seen anywhere else. Uh, there'll be a back end and a paywall of 19.99 a month that gets you everything on the back end, stats-wise, projections, updated power ratings, um, and, and numbers that you know you haven't seen. Pace of play that uh, for teams behind the scenes. So, first start is get the magazine. You can get it now. It is up at KennyWhiteSports.com. That is the old website. When you see it, three weeks, four weeks from now, it'll be a completely different transformation. Uh, but right now, the website's uh, selling the magazine. Uh, twelve ninety nine for the magazine. Uh, we'll get it shipped out to you two days mail. There is a shipping handling charge, or you can get the PDF right now. Nineteen ninety nine gets you the PDF. You'll be reading the PDF tonight, going through it. Take you all night to go through it, I'm sure, and taking notes. But uh, it's a good way to see it right away. I like something in my hand. Uh, if you want to buy it now, we'll two day overnight it to you. Um, you'll get it by early next week, and then, uh, or if you want to wait, go to Barnes and Noble. It'll be out at Barnes and Noble the beginning of July, first week of July. Every Barnes and Noble or Books a Million in the Southeast um, will be there as well. So uh, great! It's a lot of information for you, uh, and it's it's a workbook. It is a workbook. It's for you to work with. You can change the ratings. It's not going to hurt my feelings. I'm going to change my ratings, and I change them every single week. I update players. I think this guy's better than I had him. Other guy's worse than I had him. I change ratings. Everybody should use the workbook. Change player ratings. Change the team rating. Keep your scores updated in the magazine. You can do all your own handicapping. I will always say that. I think everyone should do their own handicapping. If you don't have your, if you don't have the time to do it, though, then rely on an expert that can do it for you. Call Teddy Covers. Get his picks for the week. He'll tell you who's going to win. I'll do my best. <laughs> I will <laughs> certainly try. Uh, Kenny, we got less than two minutes to go, and I got to ask you two more conferences. I want a betting sleeper, either bet or bet against from the ACC and from the Pac-12. Oh boy, that's uh, <laughs> oh, and then you got about a minute and a half. ACC, yeah, yeah, ACC. <laughs> let's go. Uh, bet uh, ACC. Well, my sleeper obviously is North Carolina State. Come on, Teddy, they're in the top top five or top ten. Sure. Um, the other one I would have to say maybe a sleeper, uh, Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh could have a good year over there. Pack Pack Ten. Um, you know, this conference could be a little better this year. A lot of these teams brought back. Washington is, I think, the far best team in the conference. Uh, sleeper would maybe be Arizona State. Uh, got a great quarterback, well coached. Herman Edwards has done a really nice job there. I think he could out coach uh, everybody else in the conference, and uh, he could win the South. And Arizona State could be playing Washington for the Pac-12 uh, championship. Maybe a shot to go to the college football playoff. Who knows if Arizona State pulls a couple upsets this year. Arizona State and Washington, potential bet-ons from the Pac-12, NC State, and Pitt, potential bet-ons from the ACC. Look, if Kenny White didn't break it down for you today, I don't know how else it can be broken down for you. Excellent work, Kenny. Thank you so much for sharing uh, all of your knowledge. or Well, you didn't share all of your knowledge, but tidbits of your knowledge uh, for our audience on cover today. Really appreciate it. We'll have you on again before football season starts. Teddy, thank you. It's my pleasure. Uh, thank you very much for having me on. Uh, best of luck, everybody. Get out there and get the magazine. You're going to love it. You do your own handicapping. Cover It continues.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're in the home stretch of our number one here on Cover It with Teddy Covers. And boy, Kenny White brought it today uh, with his college football. I want to talk about the last two teams that Kenny was talking about right before the break from the Pac-12. We're talking about the Washington Huskies, who basically have underachieved in recent seasons. You know, Washington with an enormous amount of talent. Um, so the offense hasn't lived up to, didn't live up to expectations for extended stretch, even when they made the college football playoff. It was despite the offense, not because of the offense. And Washington comes into this year as a team that the markets aren't... I'm not seeing the same level of respect for the Washington Huskies in the market this year as they have in seasons past. There may well be some money to be made with Washington. Arizona State's so interesting. It's funny. Herm Edwards. You talk to a casual fan. Herm Edwards is an idiot. Uh, I don't want Herm Edwards as my coach. Talk someone knows football. Herm Edwards and what he's doing at Arizona State is bet on stuff. Not bet against, bet on. He's got a quarterback in Jaden Daniels who showed signs last year. And again, you know, last year he was, what, I think he was a freshman. Uh, I don't know if he's a redshirt or a true frosh, but now with a year of experience under his belt and with a defense that on paper is as good as any in the Pac-12, this Sun Devils team that has been coming up short Year in, year out, year in, year out. They might be pretty good this year. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we make some money with the Arizona State Sun Devils. And Herm Edwards, who was a coach who, again, <laughs> you know, this isn't uh, this is Herm Edwards where you play to win the game. I understand. You know, that's back in the day. I wasn't that. I wasn't uh, Herm Edwards anyway. Uh, I was Denny Smith. What am I thinking of? I'm losing my mind here. It doesn't matter. Our number one is in the books. Our number two, Steve Merrill, going to come join us. We're going to break down MLB. We're going to talk Game 7 tonight. So much more here on Cover It with Teddy Covers, Sirius XM, Channel 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. And I'm telling you, Hour 2 is loaded. Don't go anywhere. We're just getting started. Stay tuned. 